to the UIAAA Connection podcast. GoFan and VNN are proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection. Now a combined company, GoFan and VNN provide a seamless integration for digital ticketing and athletic websites. Direct your fans to one place for all your athletic events, communications, and tickets to home and away games. Thank you to GoFan and VNN for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today we have as our special guest, Andy Child, Certified Master Athletic Administrator, former president of the NIAAA, executive director of the FIAAA, and Directive, uh, Director of Athletics at Winter Park High School in Florida, if that's not enough. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, it's great being here. Let's have you begin by sharing with our audience across the nation and here in Utah, where you grew up, where you went to school, your first job, et cetera. All right, well, uh, born and grew up in Virginia, born in Norfolk, grew up in Roanoke till my high school years, dad got transferred went down to Miami, Florida, finished my high schooling there, opened a new school as a student athlete in Miami. Um, and after that, went to the University of Miami, uh, right out of school, right out of high school for a year. Um, after that, got out of Miami, went to a Miami-Dade Community College, got my degree in business, and business, business administration, my AA, then I went back to Virginia to Radford University, and uh, I got my um, degree in accounting, and I minored in math. And when I minored in math, I came back to school, to the school I graduated from, because every time I'd come home, I'd go see my principal and my athletic director um, that I was a student athlete for, and they said, well, we'll hire you. You know, you want to teach and coach? And I was like, didn't ever think I was going to ever do that. And I was like, sure, sure, absolutely. And sure enough, um, as fate would have it, uh, they hired me. I minored in math. They hired me as a teacher, and I helped my basketball coach uh, who coached me. I was his uh, JV coach and assistant coach and started my coaching like that. Um, you know, early on, my first jobs, ironically, was I uh, – did lawn service around my neighborhood. So every weekend I was pushing my push more around the neighborhood, knocking on doors, seeing if I could cut grass. And then my dad put me to work. He was an engineer at a cement plant, put me to work and got me the hardest summer jobs that he could get me and told me, this is what you're going to do. You need to go get your college education, figure out what you're going to do. And so that kind of guided me. But <laughs> again, I never thought I was going to be a teacher, coach, athletic administrator, and faith has it that fate had it that that's the direction I went and here we are 36 years later still doing it so let's let's talk for a minute about the youth sports opportunities you had what you played when you were younger junior high elementary is it different uh youth sports in Virginia than let's say in Florida talk for a minute about that okay that's not really much different anywhere across the country with the youth sports you know growing up Sports was all I ever did. Um, not that I was always very good at them, but I did them. Um, I love sports. I played football, basketball, and baseball uh, growing up in youth sports. 
middle school uh, days, which back then was junior high. Uh, wrestled a little bit, but those big three were my main ones, football, basketball, baseball. When I got to high school, when I moved to Miami, uh, I kind of zeroed in on basketball because I guess that was my first love. And mm -hmm. I was a little bit uh, better high school athlete in basketball than I probably would have been in the others. Uh, so I focused on basketball. I kind of regret that now. I'm a big proponent of multi-sport athletes. I know that's getting difficult in today's times a lot of times, but um, I wish as I look back, I would have played all three sports um, in high school, but focused on basketball, had a great uh, high school career, thoroughly enjoyed it. And after that, like I said, went back and got a teaching job and coaching there where I played. So that was great. Share with us some of the mentors that you've had in your life that have made a big difference to you. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. But the main ones early on, obviously, my parents, um, they supported me and my sister. No matter what we chose to do, um, they were at all my games, all my years that I played. Rain, snow, sleet, uh, sun, it didn't matter. They were there. Now, um, now let me just interject here. Yeah. I know it doesn't snow in Florida. So no, it, that was when I was in Virginia. In Virginia? Okay. I'm just <laughs> that was yeah. when I was in Virginia. Good call. Right, there. So, I so, sorry to interrupt. But, Continue on. Yes. When I was in Virginia um, and even in Miami, the sunshine and the rain, um, but always supported me. My dad and my mom taught me my core values and, and to work hard, my work ethic and, and to just to do what's right. Um, and so I greatly appreciate that. Uh, moving to Miami from Virginia, that was quite a culture shock um, back then uh, for a little Virginia kid going down to Miami. Um, so my basketball coach uh, has been a big influence on me. Uh, still friends today. We talk on the phone. Uh, he actually lives in Alabama. We have property in Alabama. I visit him. Uh, we talk all the time. So he was a great influence and a mentor toward me early on as a young man, um, as a player first, obviously, and then as a assistant coach as I'm up and coming. And my first AD there uh, really noticed something. I don't know what. And he started – it was kind of a quasi-athletic administrator. We did things a lot different back then where we pay officials in cash and they would sign the sign you know, pay sheet. Exactly. And yes. we would do all of that. So he would – I wasn't an official athletic administrator, but he would, he trusted me enough to do some things, set up the gym, make sure I had ticket people there, pay the officials, that type of stuff. So he kind of got me going in that direction. Um, just really valuable to me there. But once I got into, once my coaching career finished up um, and I got into athletic administrator uh, administration, Ron Balaz was my biggest influence there. Um, I started and we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, as far as right. the trajectory. But, you know, when I first started as an athletic administrator, I was his assistant and uh, I wanted to be his assistant because he was so involved on the state and the national level. And I didn't know much about it at that time, but I just know I saw him everywhere and he was always doing things outside of the actual work day. And that meant a lot. I said, you know, I kind of like to do that. And um, so that's those are my mentors at home here um, growing up. And then, of course, I've had many mentors on the NIAAA as I come through, your, yourself included, Hutch. Um, and I know we'll talk about the awards and the 
climbing the NIAAA and so forth, FIAAA, but, you know, just so, just so many people have just really helped me in my career. I'll never forget that. I'm already, always appreciative of that. Um, so back to coaching, you know, I coached high school basketball and then my coach retired and I was named the next head coach. So I was, I got to be the head coach at the school I graduated and played at. That was very exciting. We did some good things. Um, and I went on to coach at a division two school, uh, college Barry university down in Miami shores. I was an assistant coach for about five and a half, six years, but I missed the high school level, the interscholastic sports piece of it. So I wanted to get back into that and I didn't really want to go back to coaching per se. So it was between being an assistant principal, uh, principal route or athletic administrator. And I really didn't have to think too hard about that. Just went to athletic administration. And that's when I got, uh, was became Ron's assistant at Varela High School, which we opened that school together. Ron really opened it and helped me there. And so that was it as far as that goes. Well, I have so many follow-up questions, but before I get there, let me ask you this, Andy, and you, you talked an, about an earlier disappointment, but I want to know what's your biggest failure or disappointment in life and what you learned from it. Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I if I'm thinking real quick and I, I don't want to sound bad, I've just been very blessed. I don't, I don't really have any life-changing traumatic disappointment or anything, but I will say this because I know this is a fact, even up until today, I think about this. I wish I would have done better in college academically. I mm. wish I had applied myself a little bit more because um, as much as I read and do things now and try to always find new ways to do things, uh, being a lifelong learner, I wish I knew now uh, back then what I know now. So I think that would be my re biggest regret. And learning from it would have been, I wish I'd applied myself a little bit more. I was a good student, but I wish I would have applied a little bit more. Um, I, I think that would be, probably be my my biggest thing I'd look back on and say, I wish I'd have done better. That's some great insight. Before we get into the myriad of other questions I have, <laughs> let me ask you that you've been in AD for what, 25 years at least? Uh, about 23. Okay. So how is the job different? How is the job different today in 2023 than it was back in 2000 when you first got the job? And I'm throwing this out because everybody always says COVID was a mess. We get COVID was a mess. So let's right. take COVID out of it and let's just talk without COVID. How is the job different in the 23 years you've been doing it? You know, obviously, um, I'm going to say, say this first, but then I'll go into it more. I don't think the actual job has changed a whole, whole lot. I mean, rules have changed, you know, eligibility requirements may change. Um, outside influences may have changed, whether it's, you know, uh, rules that have come down from your state office or legislation or whatever the case may be. I think that's changed quite a bit, but in the, in the nuts and bolts of running an athletic department, I think, you know, you got eligibility, you're, you're trying to bring in the best coaches and teachers you can bring into a school uh, you're building a relationship with the kids. You're setting your mission and vision. You're um, trying to create traditions at new schools, which my whole career I've opened new schools, uh, except for this last one at Winter Park. I uh, went into a very established school. But those are the things I think that, you know, kind of 
stay true throughout the the time in my my experiences. Um, I do know that sometimes all those other outside influences, apparent involvement, good, bad, or indifference changed a little bit. Um, but I, I just remember when I was first getting started, some of the more experienced ADs were like, man, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you talking about? This is normal. I'm becoming those people now going, what, what is going on? With this? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but in the nuts and bolts of it, I think, you know, a lot of it's kind of the same because you're doing the same thing year in and year out about trying to establish, uh, you know, great traditions, um, getting your best coaches in, training them, getting them professional development. You're doing the same thing for yourself. And I've been blessed to be at great places. So um, that's what that's what I say. I think the outside influences are the ones that have changed the most over the years. Well said. Let's get back to my myriad of questions now. Let's start with the FIAAA. I'm pretty sure I know the answer because you spent all those years with Ron. Right. But take take me back to because when you became his assistant, that's before he that's before Florida had an executive director. So talk to that's me about right. your journey, right. about getting involved in the Florida Association and how you rose in that association before we get to the NIAAA. Okay, so uh, one of the first things Ron told me was, you're going to get involved. And I'm like, whatever you need, Ron, I want to be involved. Because I, like I mentioned earlier, I always saw him involved, and that's, I wanted to do that. That's what I wanted to do. So um, we had uh, a leadership training coordinator on board, on the board, FIAAA board. But the FIAAA had their executive board meeting at the same time the state LTI state coordinators meeting was in Indianapolis. So our state coordinator couldn't go to Indianapolis for the meeting. He had to be at the executive board meeting at FIAAA. So Ron got me a position uh, or talked to the board and said, Hey, let's add a second leadership training instructor, a uh, state coordinator, uh, which was myself. So I got on the board as a state uh, LTI state coordinator. And that's kind of how I got started on the FIAAA board. Um, we were starting to evolve as a state association. So we were creating mission statements, doing strategic plans. I got to be part of all of those original, um, original steps of our association. We now then became, we then hired an executive director, which became Ron. Um, then I worked in awards as we talk about transitioning to NIAAA, we'll get to that. But I got on our awards committee became chair of our awards committee on the state level and just kind of progressed there. Whatever was needed, I was always able, willing when they asked me to step up and do it because that's what I believed in. Tell me what year it was then you first started going to the meetings in September in Indianapolis. I want to say it was 2002 because I became an, uh, Ron's assistant in 2000. That's when we opened Varela down in Miami, Varela High School. And I think I became, came on the board the next year. Um, and, you know, at the end of that 2000, uh, 2001 year, I came on the FIAAA board. So that September 2001 maybe was my first state coordinators meeting in Indy. Because I want to say... And of course, I'm older, so my memory's gone, Andy. But I want to say I met you, obviously, in 2002, 2003, 
somewhere in that neighborhood. I became the chair of the awards committee in 2004. Mm -hmm. And I'll share this, and I'm sure you, well, I'm pretty sure I've shared this story with you. When, when they gave me the chair of the awards committee, there was all these forms that I had to fill out that I never knew about because the previous chair didn't tell me anything about it. And so they said, who are we going to keep and who are we? And so there was like five people on the committee that didn't show up to the conference. I didn't know them. I said, well, I want to get rid of these. And then I said, oh, by the way, and I started listing people. I said, I want Holly Farnese. I want Andy Childs. I want Mark Armstrong. And the crazy thing is they gave them to, I don't think that would happen now, obviously 20 years later, but, but I got these people. And so now tell me from your end, how you remember getting appointed to the wards committee. You said it. I just remember meeting you and it could have been uh, 2002 because um, you might be a little bit older, but your memory is much better than mine <laughs> as far as the years go. But I remember that, Hutch. Uh, I remember meeting you, talking to you. You said, hey, I'm an awards chair. I'd like to bring you on. You got me on the awards committee. Um, so that was really my first start on the committee in the NIAAA. Um, still a state coordinator, did that. But got you, got me on the awards committee, um, working with you. And I'll never forget, you know, stepping in. What a professional group that was. We had great folks on that committee. I remember having our vest. Everybody wanted a vest like we yeah, had. Exactly. I remember our notebooks and our assignments. I mean, it was so uh, concise and clear cut and timelines were there. And here's your responsibilities. And and that really got me started on the committees, you know. Um, and again, being a state coordinator and doing LTI and being on the awards committee um, and eventually moving up to vice chair of the awards committee was just, uh, you know, great steps in my career. Uh, just incredible. And I mentioned mentors and you were a mentor to me. Um, very blessed that you recognized something and you took time and, and just helped me and show me how to do things the right way through the, you know, what you just did on the awards and just kind of learn, you know, so I'm very appreciative of that. Well, it's just, and thank you for, for saying those nice things about me, Andy, but I, I was in a position that basically I was just doing what those that did for me when I first, you know, came onto the NIAAA. So now you're on the awards committee, become a vice chair, you an army. I consider you an army, basically. I, I'm that much older than both of you. I consider you my boys because you both became NIAAA president. So then Explain then how you get from the awards committee, uh, then on to the NIAAA board, and then on to president, because that's fascinating to me. Uh, just, you know, sometimes it's surreal to me as well, just uh, just blessed. So Daryl Nance is the president, and the conference is in Orlando, and uh, Section 3 is part of the at-large elections, right? And uh, so I, I run for Section 3 um, as an at-large candidate. And I, I remember, you know, uh, wanting to be part of the board. I, I was lucky enough to win the at-large that year in Orlando. Uh, so I'm on the board. Um, obviously, as being an ex-board member yourself, you know the procedure 
Uh, once you're on the board, you know, you're, you got a, you know, a three-year term on the board. So if you're interested in running for president elect, you put your name in the hat and so forth. So right, because we I, served on the board together. That's right. I think in that 2011 year. That's right. We had, so we were kind of reunited. So yeah, continue. Right. Sorry. That's right. That's okay. Um, so put my name in the hat, um, and was one of the two finalists for that first year, uh, for president elect. I didn't get it. Um, Phil Risen, who's now our executive director mm -hmm. of NIAAA, I got it, which was great. And, you know, you asked me about a disappointment. That's not a disappointment to me. That was just part of a learning curve. And, and the, one of the things we always say is trust the process, right? So Phil, Phil uh, was our president-elect. I uh, still had two more years on my term. So the second year I ran again. Obviously, you can't run your third year because you're about to rotate off the right. board. So I ran uh, my second year um, against uh, another great opponent. And again, very blessed that I won it that year. So I was president-elect while Phil was president and then was president in 2014 as Phil was past president. And then after me came the next great one, uh, Trish Wicken. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, it's just, we had great boards at that time. Not that they're not all great because that's all you do in NIAAA is uh, you give back, as you mentioned earlier, and you do what people have done for you, you pay it back uh, to others. And so uh, just was a great time highlight of my career well i like to ask this of former board members because uh like it or not not everybody gets a chance to be on the board and from my point of view at least each board is its separate entity so i i for example i'm on the board for three years but each one of those boards was a separate entity so i want you to talk about your time on the board and then maybe a couple of stories from when you were present well, um, obviously, you, on the board, you know, you have subcommittees, the meetings, and you do different subcommittees, whereas finance or or whatever it is, you're on the um, operation, um, policy and operation, pop manual, pop, um, mm -hmm. pop, right, sorry. And, you know, just being involved in the, in the everyday workings of the NIAAA, our, our association is just tremendous because uh, you get... A, a peek behind the curtain, so to speak. And, and it is quite an honor to be a, a board member and definitely an honor to be able to say you were president of NIAAA. So um, those were the great times, but, you know, we had, and, and I'll talk about, I mean, every board is, like you said, a separate entity. So there's great stories um, all along, you know, you have, you might have a board member that doesn't say much, but when they speak, everybody listens like the old EF Hutton commercials, right? Exactly. Anybody old enough to remember those. Um, you have those. And and then, you know, obviously the secretaries I had, I was fortunate to be with Doug Kilgore, great friend, great colleague um, and just fun times. But some of the greatest things were not only the work you did within a board, but the afterwards, you know, when you got to go to dinner together, and you got to sit with different folks that are on the board. You got to talk about the same joys that you experience in your states, also the same challenges. And you work together like that. Uh, those were the great times, you know. And obviously, uh, Bruce Whitehead was our executive director at the time. Mm -hmm. And 
it, it was just such a pleasure and honor to work with him and Mike Blackburn um, at the, during that time. And their leadership is invaluable, just like it always is um, moving forward and just trying to, to keep it going. As long as you don't mess it up, it's pretty simple. You know, it's just such a machine. Um, so hopefully I didn't mess it up too bad. But just it, those were the great times was the interaction with everybody and and the willingness of everybody to roll up the sleeves and see what they needed to do to keep the association great and being on the cutting edge. And, you know, we made great strides during that time with membership growth. Um, I mean, that's continued to go, but at that time it was right. uh, membership growth. Our, our, um, our finances were in a great position. We were doing things with finances, giving back member ben benefits, uh, just doing things like that. Um, we're, we're just, the things I finally remember. And then of course conferences are second to none, right. no matter what. I'm guessing that you had a chance to go to Connor on the Prairie at least twice, maybe oh. three times. Because oh those gosh. are the, the times that you talk about the times because you work hard. Everybody, I mean, when you're back in Indianapolis, you're in like, you're in meetings and like, you, you, you're work. working, you're working. Yeah. And then you, you get work. that time off, but then you, uh, some of those times at Connor on the Prairie, uh, Mention a couple of those and, and who you were able to see out there because those are really great networking opportunities. They were great for for those that don't know about that. That's an amphitheater out in the open, big fields, and Patty would schedule our board. Sometimes the boards would go out there, and you would hear. Um, I can't even remember them all. They were just so good because I, I got a chance being being president elect and then president past president. I was on the board for five years. Um, so there's was quite a few, I can't even remember, um, all the people that I got to hear at the Prairie, but it, it was just a fan, especially when the weather was nice and it, some wouldn't mm -hmm. be down on you too hard, but just the dinners and the, and the food and, and just being out there and relaxing and just, um, enjoying the, the performances were just tremendous, um, incredible stuff. Let's shift gears for a minute. Let's talk for a moment about the NEDC, the National Executive Directors Council, of which you're a member now that you're the executive director in Florida. Talk about that. Talk about how when Ron left, you got that job and how that's, a, even though it's a lot the same, it's a lot different than, for example, being on an NIAAA board. Absolutely. Um I'm still kind of relatively young in that associate, young inexperienced, not young age wise necessarily, but young and experienced in that group. But man, you're talking about uh, great leaders in, in in the states, in the national. I mean, you're coming into that room is pretty special as well. Um, but what I like about that, and it's kind of the theme that we've talked about everywhere, is just the networking there. Um, the experiences there, what you're learning there, what you try to bring back to offer to everybody that they can maybe take back to their state associations and implement like, hey, that's a great idea. So to me, from my experiences, again, that that's what I bring back the most out of the NEDC meetings uh, so far on the ones I've been able to go to. Um, and we're not going to mention that evil COVID word that we, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, had a, you know, time there. But uh, and again, doing things we do in, at the NEDC with uh, different, you know, things after our work is over, where we're eating together at restaurants or going somewhere, um, 
So those are those are special times. But again, I guess just the networking and the camaraderie of great leadership across the states is what's valuable to me. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. Let's yeah. turn our attention now to the most recent conference. By the time this airs, it will have been probably five or six months yeah. previous. But talk about Nashville. And I want you to talk about it because, at least from my point of view, the Denver was the first one back, but we still had our masks. And, you know, you had like the giant hug fest, but really Nashville was the first one back with no mask. And I'll let you speak because other guests have mentioned it was the largest attended mm -hmm. in the history of the NIAAA. So take it away, Andy. Well, you hit it there. I mean, the attendance numbers were the highest ever. LTI courses were high. I mean, just everything was just, it was kind of like, how, how do I want to say it? It was just kind of like everybody was back to normal um, for the, for the, you know, most part. I mean, I can't think of anything else, but just the sheer numbers alone, it, it just, um, it was incredible. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing to take away from that because all the other stuff, has always been great, whether, you know, you're taking an LTI course, you're teaching an LTI course, uh, you're going to the breakout sessions. Um, everything's so, so good there. The banquet, the award ceremony, the hall of fame ceremony, uh, um, everything is just incredible. And, and we'll talk more later, but that's one thing that, you know, ADs have to do. If you haven't done that, getting involved on the national level and going to the national conferences, you, you got to do that some way, somehow, some form, just because that's, it's just an incredible time. Well, I have a three prong question for you, Andy. No, it's not title nine. <laughs> the three prong question is what's the favorite part of your job. So then you have to speak of it as a, the Florida executive director. You have to speak of it as a member of the NIAAA and you have to speak it as the director of athletics at winter park high school. So okay. possibly, possibly three different answers, maybe not. Well, actually, the number one thing, and this is one of the things that I believe in wholeheartedly, is building the relationships. Um, that's huge. So let's take Winter Park first um, as a school site AD. The relationships you build with your athletes and your coaches and your community, that's huge because um, that's what you do it for. Um so that's number one. I, I'm always a proponent of, I don't judge by the scoreboard. Um, I think a scoreboard's a byproduct of doing things the right way. And if you do things the right way, the other part will take care of itself. So I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, moving to the FIAAA, I think it's relationships, uh, building those relationships with all your board members, because what do they do? They're an extension of our whole association when they go back to their districts within the state and they're sharing the same message that we're trying to bring you know bring out to them um, trying to serve our membership um that i think that's key and and i triple is the same way you know that's why we have the committees that's why we have the board that's why we have the leadership training coordinators um nedc um, all of the arms of the niaa and and it's about you know, learning and connecting and building the relationships and being able to pick up a phone and say, hey, Mark, what are you guys doing in Utah? 
you know, or whoever it is that we've been blessed to know and work with through the years. And, and that's an incredible network system that we have and that we've been able to, to formulate over the years. Sure. Talk for a minute about uh, most of the executive directors are retired. I'm retired now, but I was not retired when I was the first took the executive director job and talk about, well, talk about the time management that you have to have because you're juggling a, a, a bunch of things there because you got to have great help in Florida and you got to have great help, help at your school. So address that. It's, it's very challenging. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. It's very challenging, but you said it. I'm very blessed because our board is tremendous at FIAAA and my assistant athletic directors at Winter Park are tremendous. Um, and I've got a great wife and kids that support me and are able to, you know, understand that this is what I do and I've been doing it for a long time. So my support system, because you're only as good as the people around you. And um, I've been very blessed, um, but it's challenging to try to, you know, juggle all of that at one time, especially um, I'm, I'm fortunate at Winter Park uh, has uh, good coaches, good athletes. We, we do pretty well across the board. So a lot of our teams go past regular season and, and deep into the playoffs. So you're dealing with uh, those type of things. And then it comes to overlap of sports seasons. Um, and so it gets quite going right now. Um, and our spring season is doing really well. So I'm very fortunate with that. But again, great people around me. That's the only way to do it. Um, and I'm very thankful for those, all those around me, whether it's my family, my wife, um, our FI trip, our F winter park coaches, um, my administration, and then obviously FI triple board is just tremendous. Let me ask you this, Andy, and this is only because I remember this, because I think it may be the only NI triple conference you didn't attend. How old is your boy now? Because I remember I told you to stay home and be there with yeah. the, the birth of your child, but what, he's got that was my what? that was actually my daughter. But yeah, oh, okay. So, so how old uh, is she then? She's uh, fourteen. She'll be in ninth grade with me next year at my school. Wow. My son's seventeen, and he's a tenth grader now, going into eleventh grade. Um, so yeah, my my wife was pregnant with our daughter, um, and the conference was in California, and. We were a little bit too far. I would have been a little bit too far if my daughter came a little early. So that was the only conference I missed because yeah, well, I you, had to stay home. You made the right decision because <laughs> yeah. uh, as, as much as we love our jobs and, and networking with everybody else, you have got to got to put your family first. So thumbs up to you for that. So let's finish up with a couple of questions here, Andy. Okay. The first one is, You've got two suggestions for a brand new AD in order to be successful. What are Andy's two suggestions? They're easy. And I've already kind of talked about them throughout this uh, time together. Number one is you got to build relationships. Uh, I, that's that, I think that's vital because um, your coaches and your athletes have to know that you care for them. You're a servant leader for them. You're not a boss to them. In my opinion, you, you, you need to be, lead them. So the only way is to, to show them that you're there, um, build the relationships with them, walk out the practices, talk to them, ask them how they're doing, talk about their family, whatever the case is. It's not always, you know, coach, why are you doing this? Or what are you doing this? Or, Hey, I got this parent phone call. I think those are important. The kids need to know you. They need to see you. Um, I think that's important too. 
so they don't say, hey, who is that? Uh, they know, hey, that's our athletic director. He's taking time to come watch us or she's taking time to come watch us. I think that's vital. So my number one thing is to build relationships, no matter where you're at and no matter what level you're at. I think that's important. Um, obviously, knowledge of the rules and, and, and things like that, or go, go, that goes without saying, but the, my first piece of advice is that relationship. And my second piece is just like I did, get involved. There's so many people that want to help you get involved, that can help you get involved. Um, get involved on the state level, get involved on the national level, um, ask questions. When you go to conferences, uh, go to the general sessions, great motivation speakers, great topics in the breakout sessions, take leadership training, get certified. So those are my two is the relationship piece because you, you're, you're never going to lose that. I mean, look at us, how many years we've been together and we still talk all the time sure. about things. You know, we see each other. And it's like, we haven't missed a day. Um, I've met your wife probably like 35 times because every time you go, Hey Deb, you know, Andy, right. That's our, that's our joke. Right. So and she actually uh, told me to tell you hello. because She's absolutely. actually off so, to dinner with her friends. That's right. So I think those, I think those are my two keys, the relationships and then getting involved, being involved. Um, that only helps you do your job better. And, uh, and the relationships you build are lifelong and, and it's incredible. Great advice. Thanks, Andy. We'll finish with this, Andy. What question should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. You're pretty thorough. Like I talked about the awards book that you gave me when I first got <laughs> on. You're pretty thorough. Um, maybe, well, I kind of mentioned how long I've been doing it. Maybe how long you got left because you mentioned you're retired and I was going to say, I wish I was retired. <laughs> All right, then let's let's go there, Andy. Let's let's finish up the broadcast with how how many years do you have left at uh, Winter Park? Um, ish. If 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 I had to guess, you know, um, I would say four more years to get my daughter through. Um, and I think I'd like to walk out when she walks out. Um, if it was my plan, it's God's will and his guidance. So whatever happens, I'll be good with. Um, but I love what I do. Uh, I, I really do. I enjoy it. I've done it a long time. I've very, been very blessed to do so. Um, had great people around me, built great relationships. I, I'll cherish, cherish that forever and ever. Um, but I don't know, as long as I'm still loving it and I can help, I think I'll stay in it. But um, who ever knows if I had to guess or if I had to estimate, I might say four, four more. Right. With that, that wraps it up for this edition of the UI AAA Connection. Once again, our guest has been Andy Childs, certified master athletic administrator, former president of the NIAAA, current executive director of the FIAAA, and the director of athletics at Winter Park High School. Andy, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Hutch. Good seeing you. For our guests, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UIAAA Connection. 